Okay, so um, Silent Eagle, uh, another podcast, and we have a very special guest today, uh, Jeremy uh, Langmead, who is fundamentally former editor of Esquire, Wallpaper, the Sunday Times Style magazine, and fundamentally he was co-founder of the global men's e-tailer, Mr. Porter. So for all of our listeners today, we have a real soul entrepreneur, Jeremy, and he's going to talk about his story. And of recent, he's launched an amazing book for all of us to actually really start to think about sharpening our personal brands and uh, how we uh, how we look and um, uh, the rising times. And the book is called Vain Glorious, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so it's time to um, be seen, be heard, and be recognised. And Jeremy's going to lead the dance today in relation to um, his story, uh, why he's written the book and the history behind it. And um, Jeremy, welcome. And uh, I really sort of say, look, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege to, to have you on our podcast. Um, but it's a, it's a stock question. Um, how did it all begin? Um, uh, where you are today with uh, with life and championing men's can I call it men's grooming and uh, our appearance matters and um, that whole travel yeah all, all, all the unimportant things in life yeah. <laughs> I've dedicated my life to everything that doesn't really truly matter right um, <laughs> yeah which I've come to terms with it's fine um, I mean my actually my actual career was um, as, as of lots of things in life began by accident um, um, I, had, I was studying fashion at Central St. Martin's School of Art. And on the, it was about three days before the degree uh, course finished. I hadn't a clue what I was going to do. And um, the phone rang in the fashion department secretary's office. And she was really, really old. She must be in her 80s. And she never got to the phone in time. So I thought, oh, I'll pick it up for her, save Jesse running for the phone. And it was someone from the Sunday Times saying, oh, hi, we were wondering if you could recommend anyone. We're looking for a sub-editor to work on a new magazine at News International. And um, rather selfishly and, and cheekily, I, I recommended someone called Jeremy Langmead um, and only sent myself to the interview. So, so I ended up as a sub-editor, not knowing what a sub-editor was and, and being the only candidate. So I, I, I cheated rather, and that's how my career started. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. So that obviously you've worked... So it's just, just a, a, a lucky break, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, we all need that, don't we? And I suppose in some respects, say, if you don't mind me saying... The industry sector that you've you've represented with your you know your professional career is a very competitive one, and um, you know some of the uh, you know the, the 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 editorial you know Esquire wallpaper these are these are big brand names and um, you must have uh, you know seen some uh, you know experienced some very interesting times, but what led you um, into thinking about men's grooming in the book because uh, it's obviously quite a detail but it's not just about if you don't mind me saying the synthetic side of it you're coming at it from a number of perspectives outside in and inside out it's it's got a real you know it's got a lot of essence to it so yes well you know i, I think um obviously having having edited esquire and and also edited uh, women's magazines too um, and then when we launched um, Mr. Porter, and what, what's great about an e-commerce company, of course, is, is, is um, with an online business, you, you have a dialogue with your consumer uh, daily, every minute, every second. So the feedback we got from our customers, whether it was via Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or through personal 
the, the personal customer service, we just found out so much about what men liked, what they didn't like, what they didn't like about themselves, um, and, and what they wanted to be told and advised uh, about. And and there's a particular generation of men, I think my generation and, and the ones above and, and, and even below, who we, we don't ask each other those questions. Blokes don't ask blokes about, oh, nice jacket, where'd you get that from? Or And it's that weird thing is there was no one really for us to turn to. Um, and I always notice like when you go to a wedding, um, when you walk into the wedding and all, all, all the women will say, God, you look amazing. Those shoes are fantastic. Where'd you get your hair down? Um, and then the, the men will look at each other and go, yeah, all right as if we're a bit embarrassed that we're dressed up to go to a wedding. Um, (laughs) And I think luckily the web's changed that because we're we're now able to um, ask these questions anonymously because, you know, as a gender, I think men have got very fragile egos. We're terrified about looking stupid or getting something wrong. And the the web has allowed us to ask all these questions and get the answers without anyone knowing we've asked that question. And I think that's why e-commerce companies and and the web and, and all the social media platforms have made it a lot easier for, for men to find out and ask questions that they wouldn't normally ask of each other. If you look at, so in some respects, the, um, the internet has created, you know, sort of what I would term as open-hearted conversation. And, you know, people are, are becoming much more expressed um, behind the screen, which is, which is quite interesting. I mean, the internet obviously is allowing you that freedom in some, in some ways. I mean, obviously quite a contentious subject with the way the world's geared at the minute, but I mean, I know this from a client I've got, um, I'm involved with, uh, who's an online business called web trends optimize, and they're seeing such a rise of, uh, retailers now, you know, coming online with, um, their products. And I suppose in some respects you were, uh, you know your career is sort of pre that and and post and now live for that next generation of um you know new products to market lots of uh, if you don't mind me saying um men's products men's communities um you know different genders now hooking up lots of hope and hearted conversations and i think that um dare i say it Men are now starting. I, I definitely can see this. I'm in my 50s, and I've never looked after myself so much over the last 24 months because I've had one. I've had the time to do it, and I am reaching out for things that make me look better on the screen, um, but equally make me feel better. And I know your book really does endorse that. You can, you know, come at it from so many different perspectives. And I know that you know you are bringing a skin range out as well at some point, Jeremy, as well. So it'd be good to just expand on all of this. It's, it's, quite, it's quite a thing, isn't it, at the minute? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and, and as you say, it's been such a huge change. When, when I used to work at the Sunday Times, and as you, as you said earlier, I was editing the Style magazine, um, and I used to dread weekly conference because you'd sit in the conference. All, it was very old school, very macho, uh, quite antagonistic environment back then. Um, and you'll get the foreign editor reading about all the atrocities uh, happening, and then the home news editor reading about all the awful things that are happening. Um, and then they'd say, oh, uh, Jeremy, what have we got in style? And I'd say, oh, we've got some lovely dresses and a nice piece about Lady Diana. Um, and it was always slightly mortifying because it, it was so seen as, as the girl's end uh, of the newspaper that was being edited by a man. Um, and that has changed so much. Some of the biggest influences on, on makeup today are actually male YouTubers, you know, have millions and millions of, of, of followers. Um, but I think what's, what's 
good today and makes me happier is that it's about choice. You know, if you don't want to care about your parents, that's so fine. And that's, in fact, I envy the people who don't care about their parents. Life must be so much more relaxing. But if you do, you shouldn't be made to feel bad about it. And and, and that's what I want to do with the book. And, 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 um, and since the book came out, I, I probably get maybe maybe 10 DMs a day on on Instagram from complete strangers just asking me about, oh, you know, where can you have a hair transplant? How do I hide the bags under my eyes? You know, should I have Botox? And, uh, or, you know, can I wear a concealer? Um, and I'm just so happy that these guys feel that they can ask me and that there's now sort of forums where they can find out these things. Um, but the fact that these people are messaging a complete stranger, and okay, I'm now better come as an expert, but just shows there's still quite a lot of a way to go before it's easily uh, easily found all this information. I think I think it's an interesting uh, way to look at um, it. I mean, well, con- congratulations on creating a community by by accident of you know Q and A on on men's um, appearance and 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 you know obviously giving some great advice. But aren't we in a time now? Obviously, I call it the COVID times. You know, I don't want to go on too much about the, the specific subject of COVID, but equally about how we are becoming more expressed. We're more self-expressed. You know, we are, you know, not all of us, but some of us has got more time on our hands. We're constrained, obviously, with things like travel and things. So aren't we pointing back into ourselves and saying, you know, how can I feel good about myself today? And I mean, I know personally what I've done is, I mean, I'm a bit of a rituals and routines guy anyway. And you know, even things like scents, you know, like smells and things are, are so important to me. And, you know, because I haven't been able to go to the med this year, I bought myself some Sicilian um, lemon candles. So they actually, like the place smells of lemons. It gives me that feeling I've gone away. And then you kind of, <laughs> you know, we've got some med weather. But I mean, I think, you know, it's sort of, in some respects, you know, you did touch on this um, in your book, but it's about that sort of being able to express yourself at a, uh, uh, and get to know yourself at a new level as well. There's a nice psychological benefit to this. Would you agree? I think so, yes. And, and as you say, sort of during lockdowns, we, we, um, whether we wanted or not, we did stare at our own faces in the corner of, 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 of Zoom screens until we realised we could switch that bit off. And so we did suddenly look at our faces, whether we wanted to or not, for a lot more and suddenly thought, God, I look really furious or I look really pale or or I look really old, or my hairline's gone much further back than I'd actually noticed. And so it, it did point out um, some, some things that perhaps we wouldn't have focused on before, which um, it wasn't necessarily a good thing, but now that we know about them, at least there's something we, we can do about it. Um, but but I, I think um, you should only do these things if you, you know, if it makes you feel good. And, and that that's why I'm sort of, I've been really, uh, when I write a piece for the, um, the, the Times. I, I write a grooming column for The Times as, as, as well as a style column. And um, whenever you write about a treatment for men, there's always the same group of um, uh, trolls, I suppose is the only way to call them. But I quite like them because they're such grumpy old trolls. But they are furious that I've recommended that you could have a hair transplant or that you could have Botox or that you could have a, you know, a laser treatment that'll make your pigmentation look a bit smoother. And they hate me for it. And they hate the fact that some men care about how they look and then do something about it. And, and it's, it's those people that I'm sort of fighting against, I think. It's, it should be about choice. So, and and that, that, that's what's happening today. People are choosing their genders. And so we should be able to choose how we look too. Definitely. And I think it's timely. I think it's, a, it's, 
it's a fantastic thing to express and in some respects sort of lead um lead a slightly new movement um that you know it, it is it is important to sort of i i believe it's a personal view and maybe that's my choice yes without question but it's also i think it's a direct reflection on if i look at my spiritual side you know what's missing in the world right now um not everywhere but i'll say it to make the point is love okay and that starts at home you know so therefore love is where you know home is where the heart is and i think looking after yourself and and sort of aesthetically looking after yourself is a good thing because it's sort of it you know if you love yourself you can love another and if you feel good about yourself that sort of makes other people happy as well and if you look at you know beauty as an example we all like well i think most of us like beautiful things and you know so sometimes i think your gr- your grumpy audience they might have a nice bentley in the drive but actually don't really look after themselves i don't see the link you know <laughs> so uh, um no i know and and you know we more of us are having to work later in life and date later in life and so you know there is more reasons to to look as good as you can um, and often how you look is a reflection of how you feel, you know, the, the skin's the biggest organ in the body and it reflects what's happening inside the body too. So it's quite a good barometer of whether you're healthy or not. But it isn't even just about skin. I mean, it's just that, you know, if you feel a bit hungover, just put on a bare blue shirt or if you don't want to go to a gym, just put on a World Cup blazer because it just gives you the perfect shoulder and a great waist and it takes no effort apart from buying the blazer itself. It's much cheaper than a personal trainer. So there's just lots of really easy little tricks you can do to get the best out of yourself um, and feel good about yourself, as you said. Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're now been 18 months ago when we weren't doing as much um, communication through the screens. I call it the glass room or you know, your theatre to to express yourself. I've got to be candid. I've actually noticed, well, there is a divide um, where some people are actually improving on the screen, meaning, you know, they are starting to look after themselves a little bit more because they're caring about their appearance. And yes, there's definitely a, 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 pardon the language, a tribe out there that don't care. But I think it it matters. And one of our... um, kind of strap lines for our business angility.life which is a, a you know a big part of that process is personal branding professionally is being able to sort of you know stand out and get noticed which is all related to employment but you know i think people that look after themselves and can communicate that and convey that is um they get employed i mean there's lots of benefits to looking after yourself pardon the language but commercially as well you know, there's an old adage, isn't it? Pretty people get hired. Um, I'm not saying that that is what you're championing here, but equally, you've got an angle on that. And um, it, it, it's important, you know? I think so. Um, um, just, just feel good about looking good and, and don't be embarrassed. And, you know, the, the, we all carp a bit about when we see the contestants on Love Island and those girls with the giant inflatable lips. And, you know, personally, I don't think they look great. But if those girls like their lips like that, and if their boyfriends like their lips like that, then good luck to them is what I say. And I think we've just got to be a bit less judgy about different people's journeys to how they want to look. Um, and we might not agree with it, but it's their choice. And if they're happy, then great that they have the giant lips. You know, I genuinely mean that. And so it's, it's, it, we've got to respect what makes people feel good about themselves. And, and as you say, uh, there's often other benefits to that too.
Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, it, it, you know, given that, you, you know, obviously this is something that is it's very clear that you're, you're passionate about. It's, it, it's a true direction that you've took, particularly with the book and the way that you've expressed um, everything. What, 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 where do you see the, the kind of future? I think this is going to be a seriously big, big trend from your point of view. Is it, is it going to really grow? Is there going to be the, you know, the land of the pretty people and the land of the not? I mean, how do you see it playing out over the next five to ten years? I can only see it growing. That's my view. Um, because, yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I think um, um, the, the the men's skincare market, for example, is is forecast to to quadruple over the next few years. It's massive, um, and in China uh, and the rest of Asia, men men's skincare is 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 really really big. And obviously, as is men's makeup. You know, in Korea and and in China, a lot of men wear makeup, and that's heading um, over here, um, which might alarm some people. But already, there's brands like um, War Paint for Men. Uh, which makes it sound very macho, which is basically a makeup brand for men. And there's another one that was just released a couple of weeks ago called Benny Hancock for Men. Um, so there's now makeup ranges in John Lewis and available on Mr. Porter um, where you can buy concealer, you know, uh, foundation, not eyeshadows, although they do exist, of course, but but all those things that we would never dreamt of being readily available over a department store counter and a, and a guy having delivered by Amazon on the Thursday morning. But but that's only going to increase hugely. Um, so I think there's, there's, we're going to be flabbergasted by how, how many more ways we, we, we uh, can, can achieve a better looking version of ourselves. But I think um, it's not about looking younger is, is the other important thing. It, I don't think people should be stressed about looking older. Looking older is great. It's just about looking the best at your age, I think, is, what, is what's important, if that's what you so wish, rather than striving to look like someone else or striving to look like your own self 10 years ago, which is pointless, because there's lots of lovely things about ageing, but just look good when you're ageing. That, that, that's sort of what I'm arguing for, I suppose. Um, and, and in a way, that, that, that's always been the case, but it's just more overt now. And I think, and that's great. I mean, I, I, I'm all for it. I mean, I've, um, I think age doesn't count. The, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, like I say, it's all about, I think we're coming to a generation, hopefully, of a, you know, we're all becoming more expressed of who we really are. And I think of recent, the last, you know, couple of years, people are really, yes, there's some, some difficulties out there, I know, but there's, I think there's people are actually going in to come out, if that makes sense. So you know, sort of looking to sort of improve themselves where they can. I mean, uh, you know, I can speak for myself, but this year I've, you know, I've, I've, I've basically, I've gone to have my teeth done recently. And people have started to comment, your teeth are really, you know, and I've, I've gone for the Visiline thing. I've got them in now, actually, to be perfectly honest <laughs> with you. But, but Oh, but, very good, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I but that's important to they me. They barely show, do they? They're so good. I, exactly, and it's such a, mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Um, and, you know, as I say, we're doing a lot more uh, virtual work, you know, through the screens and things. And I think these things, these small things do, for me, they count, you know, particularly in a professional um, uh, setting. But equally, if we look at online, if we look at um, people now are looking at certain things as props. I mean, the way we dress now, the way we're um, looking when we come on a screen, I think is important. You know, it says, it says an awful lot because it's... It's a kind of mini theatre and, 
you know, being able to express yourself and, you know, yeah, you're, you're quite right to be very clear, um, to look right, to sound right and feel right. But equally, I think your tone of voice, the energy that you can distribute by feeling good has impact. And, you know, I think that, you know, that to me is all part of your, pardon the language, your movement. Um, it's, you know, where this looked like that. And suits have gone. I don't know about you, but I've, I've not worn a suit. I've worn a suit once in the last two years. Um, and I know we're talking about... I know, poor suits. I think they, they, they are... They... <laughs> They, they they will come back. They're actually, what what's going to happen? In fact, it's already happening. Is is the suits going to come back as an off duty item? Right. So if you look at the sort of new generation of suits coming through, they're sort of quite baggy and quite casual looking, and, and we'll start wearing suits again because we'll think it's fun and a bit more um, uh, alternative. Because the sweatpant will become the, the suit of yesterday, won't it? So we'll be dying for a, for something different to wear. And weirdly, the suit, which was a conventional piece of armory for years will become that off-duty, hey, this is playtime. So I think we'll see it almost swap around that leisure wear and office wear outfit. Well, I think it's sort of... Um, I think and and it, to your other point earlier about... Um, hmm. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, no, sorry, just when you were asking about will we become a... Uh, when you were asking about whether we'll become a, you know, generations of pretty people, um, I hope not is my answer to that. I, th I think we want to be a generation of people who look and feel healthy, but what we do have to be careful is that not everyone ends up looking the same or, or this idealized perfection that we see through through Instagram, etc. And I, I, I don't know if you remember a, a comic called 2000 AD. Um, and um, I, I remember and it was Judge Dredd and uh, there, there was a cartoon strip and it was obviously set in the future. But this was back in the 70s or, or 80s. Um, and where everyone looked the same because all the women had had plastic surgery. So they all looked beautiful and small nosed and long blonde hair. And suddenly all began to realize, oh, but we all look the same. So then people are going to visit plastic surgeons to have scars cut into their face or an eye moved into a slightly different part of their head, <laughs> which obviously won't happen. It's a very extreme version. <laughs> but, but it is a warning that we also have to keep our individual character and not become too, too you know, like everyone else. So, uh, you know, that, that's a really interesting point, actually, because I know with, um, with our Zengility.life business, we often talk about, you know, the, the brand of the individual, the, pers the personal brand. And I think your point's made about being original and authentic. And I think, you know, there's a lot of props out there online. With What, what I found fascinating, particularly with online clothing brands, I know Mr. Porter and the likes, you know, some of the early pioneers of, you know, gentlemen's clothing, etc. And, you know, the new brands that are coming out on a weekly basis now is massive. And I actually know this with the client I'm actually working with, which is an online brand company, WebTrends, as I mentioned earlier, WebTrends Optimize. They, it's every week there's a brand new one. And sort of now we've got derivatives of sweatpants. So we've got all these like, pardon the language, but all these elasticated, wasted trousers. Now I can remember, you know, sort of 25, 30 years ago, you wouldn't have seen me in them. <laughs> no way. That's the sort of thing my dad used to wear, right? <laughs> but uh, they're becoming trendy. So there's kind of like... I know. Do, do you get it? And and it's sort of, it's quite interesting, What you know, the line of travel. Uh, but I think coming back to that original identity, you know, uh, an authenticity. And I think that that's, I think that's only a good thing um, that, you know, you've got this self-care, you're bringing the best out. You I, said I think it, it is, you know, 
I think you're right. The, the 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 tricky balance I think to get is is sort of the the, the Gen Zers are, are rightly uh, um, being very strident about who they are and how they want to look and and their own identity and, and it's wonderful to see that happen. Um, but I think what 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 where and maybe you see this the two with the people you work with. But there's a balance where yes, you've got to be yourself and your your truth um, as everyone likes to say today. But also I think if you're meeting with people in a work context or interviewing in a work context you've also not it's not just about you it's about making the person you're meeting feel comfortable and I think it's getting that balance of yes this is this is me but also I want you to feel comfortable talking to me and 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 therefore I'm going to dress in a way that will make you happy as well as myself and it's it's getting that balance isn't it and almost the, the the the, the best way to dress is to make someone feel comfortable with the way you're dressed. It's 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 just the sort of the height of good manners, isn't it? <laughs> to use I, a very old-fashioned term. I think so, and I think uh, it's a very good point. I mean, I have a saying: "Be remarkable, be unforgettable." And I think sometimes you can, it, it's you can set a standard. You can set it too far, you know, and it becomes frowned upon. But I think if you can set a standard, particularly, and I, I operate obviously we operate in the business, you know high-paced, highly competitive environments. And I'm, I'm pleased to say that uh, most of the environments we're in right now, they're shifting more to be more truthful and trusting, and we call it collaborative, um, versus fearful competition and, you know, big ego-driven environments we're moving away from, moving more towards truth, trust, and um, collaboration. But I think equally setting standards of um, authenticity, being able to sort of come across as can I say cosmopolitan? Oh, that's nice. Where did you buy that? What, 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 where, did, where did you buy your clothes? You know, what, you know that's kind of like what I've picked up from what you're championing um, with the book. It's great. You know, it's, it's good. You can do this, guys. And there's multiple options of getting the best out of yourself. But for the right reasons, you know, to, to be more heart-centric with yourself, and spending quality time, um, yeah, improving yourself. I think it comes down to that. Yes, if you want to. And the great thing is it's a choice and, and, and the choice is out there now. And, and as long as you know what's out there and what's, what, what helps, what doesn't, what's safe, what isn't, um, that, then that, that, that's how we can help other men. Um, I mean, there was, the, the thing I get most asked about by, by guys in business is, is hair transplants. You know, the number of friends of mine who, who are in the finance industry. Um, and, you know, men are happy to talk about the fact they're cross about losing their hair. But as soon as you say uh, or, or suggest some of the remedies, they look terrified. But, but there's two friends of mine during lockdown who had hair transplants because um, if, you, if you could get an appointment, it was the best time to do it because no one was seeing anyone. Um, and they are so happy. They feel transformed and it's made them feel so much more confident. And you know what? Tons of people look great with no hair and, and, and they're lucky. But those who don't or don't like not having hair, it was, I was so happy that I was able to point these two people in the right direction. And they genuinely, and they're not naturally effusive people, <laughs> wrote to me saying how happy they were that they'd had hair transplants. And it was just them knowing that it wasn't a particularly scary thing to go through um, made, made them take the plunge. And now they're really happy with how they look which psychologically will make them feel more comfortable in a work and a home environment. That's fantastic. I mean, I think that's life transformation. You know, it's transformative because it's, it's affecting their, you know, obviously their physical appearance is one thing, but the psychology of that individual shifts. They are 
just happier people because they're happier within themselves. And I think, you know, once again, I think, and, and you know, being candid, I think sometimes, I mean, Italy, I think Italian, uh, the Italians are, are renowned for sort of grooming and looking after themselves, I believe. Um, they certainly come across that way. I think those British sometimes are a bit behind the times on self-expression. I don't know whether you share that view, Jeremy, with uh, with your cosmopolitan hat on. <laughs> no, I, I think 100% right. I think we're going to start catching up. Um, but but yes, we, we were slow to the mark. And, um, uh, and I think in a way, there was a generation that grew up not knowing any of the sartorial rules because sort of the, the, the kids who, uh, of the 60s and 70s, um, their parents sort of were rebelling against all the dress codes. They didn't really know how to do a bow tie or, or how to, what a difference between a monk strap or a brogue was. So it sort of skipped a couple of generations. And now there's a whole new generation who are really interested in the, in the rules. And then they want to break them. But you can only break rules when you know what they are in the first place. So there's a lot more knowledge now um, across the generations about sort of men's sartorial rules and what works and what doesn't, what makes you look good, what doesn't. Black is not particularly flashing as you get older. You're better sticking with navy. And there's all these little things that don't cost anything to know, but make a difference to how you look. So, Very good. It's just knowledge and choice. No, excellent. Um, so, Jeremy, t- tell me just a little bit more, you know, outside of, you know, what, what other interests have you actually uh, 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 come, into, come into the fore right now with your life? Um, so you've done some really great things and you've been in some super environments. So... Tell me a little, little bit about what's going on in your um, your world at the present moment, outside of uh, obviously the book. <laughs> well, well, I I I, um, I I left Mr. Porter um, a week before lockdown, so it was uh, and and moved up to the Lake District. So I was so lucky that this is where we were for for a year or so, surrounded by sort of lakes and mountains. Um, and so that was quite a big life change from being in a giant office in in White City to being in a, in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere in, in Cumbria. So I, I, I spent a year getting to know nature, which I, nature to me had always been um, a pub garden in Camden. So right. to discover there was a lot more to the outside than that was, was quite, an, quite an eye-opener. Um, and then obviously writing the book was a, a, a nice thing to do um, uh, whilst at home and not being able to go anywhere. Um, and then working on, on, on this brand that I'm looking to, to launch. But I... I, I found that lockdown was scary as many of us did but also it was great getting a new perspective wasn't it because not being in the office every day not having I mean there were many stresses to be had but they were different stresses and I, I took up sort of hiking and, and mountain climbing and um, and bought things called anoraks and I, my friends cannot believe I own anything called a kugula or an anorak but climbing up a mountain and then looking down at the world literally really helped put things in perspective I find I found it an incredible psychological help to to go high up see what nature's survived for the millions of years and then see what we were going through last year and the year before and you thought this is terrible but look all this has been through worse and pulled through and that speck of stress is now in the distance. And so climbing and hiking became a, a big thing for me over the last year for, for, for sort of mindfulness. That's fantastic. So in some respects, the, it's been a blessing. You've achieved so much. You've achieved so much with that sort of kind mm. of reset. So is, it, is, it, is the lakes now going to be a permanent uh, feature in your life, Jeremy? Is this, is, is this home? 
Yes, th- th- this is our main home now. I mean, I'm um, we, I'm I'm in London probably once a fortnight. I come up for a few meetings um, and, and to see friends. But uh, but it really is. Um, uh, I mean, I, I did love office life. I, I worked in an office for you know twenty or nearly thirty years, uh, over thirty years, and I loved it. The banter, the sharing, the creativity. I loved offices when everyone smoked in them and you'd, you'd see people drawing <laughs> on a cigarette and a brilliant idea coming into their head at the same yeah. time. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm, there's been so much changes in offices and I, and I have missed an office in some ways, but, but, but gained so much more without an office too. So as with most people, I suspect. So do, do you feel that um, spiritually you've developed with nature? Do you feel that this has a big impact on your outlook for the future, given, you know, your journey over the last 24 months? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it sounds so namby-pamby, doesn't it? But but I, waking up every morning at home and um, walking around a garden, I, I had no idea that plants could grow so quickly or pop out the soil overnight, that nature was so tenacious um so that that was an extraordinary uh, uh puts you in your place to be honest so that that was it was a great thing to witness that and then it just made you well as we all know we're all having to care more about the planet we're all having to care more about where we shop how we shop what we put in our uh, food what we put in our skin um how much uh how much we buy you know uh, sustainability is a huge uh, juxtaposition but a huge fashion thing now but you know you've got all these high higher companies now or resale platforms and you know we used to call them secondhand shops didn't we now they're resale platforms um which makes it sound a lot sexier so we're asking a lot more questions about everything we do uh i mean we're going through well we've had a tough year or two but we're going through an incredibly exciting period where technology is changing at breakneck speed and yet our our relationship with nature is getting closer at the same time which you wouldn't naturally think would happen concurrently but it is i think i think so too i completely agree and i think um you you obviously you're in a very creative environment i think nature does stimulate that sort of gives you that calm mind to reset your thinking and it does support that but you're absolutely right i think my vision of the future is and it is an interesting one is all around precision living and that sounds a little bit robotic equally i think there is going to be there's a term i'm starting to put into my mind which is called leisureization where technology um, is now having a massive impact on how we live our lives at one end of the continuum but not to lose sight of nature and I can completely empathize with um, I think the relationship you've built with nature while you've been in the lakes and obviously that's now obviously having quite an impact on you, you know you how you're expressing yourself with that as well so it's really nice to hear actually refreshing because I can imagine that you know it's sort of a high contrast in you know the London world that you've come from and now you're in you know, the Lakelands. This is almost like a little movie here somewhere, isn't there? You know, <laughs> the life and times. Um, um, so with that in mind... Well, it is bizarre. Yeah? Uh, wait, wait, yeah? But I was sort of lucky because I was worried about having dreadful FOMO moving up here and missing all the parties and the fun. But, but luckily there were no parties and there was no fun when I moved up here. So I, sw- I, I had a gentle a gentle sort of journey into to leaving the metropolis behind. Yeah. So do, do you must, do, so do you, do, do you feel good going into London? Obviously now a couple of, t- you know, once a fortnight, so to speak, and then good to come back. Is that sort of 
building that new relationship with um, the, the two worlds, yeah? Yes, I think I'm, I'm very lucky to, to be able to have those two contrasts. So when I arrive in London, I'm always excited that, that to have the work meetings um, and to see friends and to see the buzz that's come back into the city. Um, it's a city I lived in for 30 years and love very much. So I'm so happy to see the boards come off the windows and the tables busy outside the restaurants. Um, but at the same time, after that few days and the, the train nears Oxen Home Station and you see the, the mountains and the sheep and the green fields and then you know you do you it's a slower pace of life here and and um so i it's 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 like taking a sort of visual xanax in a way it's sort of uh you look at a field and and it's like you get a chemical relaxation feeling coming through your body so i love having both i think life's all, all about contrast isn't it and and as many of those as you can fit in the better absolutely it's variety isn't it it's um I think we can get quite easily blinkered and uh, you've, you've managed to balance it really nicely, which is, which is great. So as regards the, the future, the vision that you have for, you know, um, you know, obviously you've got the skincare range coming out in due course. And do you, do you, do you think um, with Vainglorious, there could be another book on its way or uh, any, any thoughts around, you know, you're building a community, if you don't mind me saying, you know, steering advice and, Giving, giving guys confidence through your steers. Um, I know that you maybe never planned it like that, but is there, is there anything in the pipe coming that might be able to sort of capitalise on this sort of community you've built? Well, I think so. I think with, with, with the skincare brand that I want to launch, it, and it's very much about a community, you know, a, a place where men can feel good about looking good and not be judged and ask the questions that I've talked about. And so it'll be a much a, a community as it will be a, a, a product line, if you see what I mean, um, genuinely. Um, so that's that that that's going to be a really important part of the next few years. Um, and then I am um, I've just started writing another book, but that that's um, um, that's a book uh, about um, a very different subject to, to, to the one I've written about before. It's about my. Um, she won't watch this. It's fine. It's about it's about my mother's many marriages. Um, she was married, or is is she's married five times. So wow. Um, and I was from the first marriage, so I've, <laughs> I, it's it's uh, it's going to be called Forefathers, and it's about growing up with many different dads. Wow, it that's... was a bit like Henry VIII, sort of divorced, beheaded, died, survived. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to the book already. That sounds sounds fantastic. I mean. Was that quite a turb? If you don't mind me saying, you've, you've you've now opened it up, Jeremy. Was that quite a turbulent time for you? Or, I mean, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's very interesting. Yeah, it was it was a turbulent time. I mean, um, my her first husband, my dad, I didn't know. Her second husband died of alcoholism. The third one uh, was taken uh, bipolar before, but undiagnosed and, and taken away in a uh, to a loony bin, as they called it in those days. Um, um, and, and the fourth one that marriage lasts about six months. So it was, it was, it was very eventful, um, wow. <laughs> first couple of decades in my life. So I think, um, that fed a lot probably into my insecurity about how I look and therefore my, uh, lifelong, uh, obsessions too strong a word but what I've always wanted to do whether it's my home or my job uh, or my family or, or how I look is try and make it as perfect as possible and I and I you know I hate to overanalyze but a shrink will say that comes from trying to create calm and 
uh, orderliness out of the chaos that you grew up with. So, in a way, the two books are linked, uh, but but uh, only analytically. And, and clearly, do you feel a lot of therapy from writing these these the books? Um, yes, do you know you do learn about yourself when you write about yourself and look at why you do things. Um, um, so it's it's really interesting, and and uh, you know everything that's happened. Um, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's made the life that I've had and I, and I love the life that I've had. And, and I think that's why I've sort of worked at lots of magazines and, and set up Mr. Portraits because I've loved creating, creating worlds where everything looks nice and that everyone is happy in it. And um, you know, so if you take over a magazine that's not doing very well, I think, oh, right, come on, but this could be good. So let's sort out this mess. And I, I think sort of sorting out messes has... has <laughs> Sorting out messes, maybe that's my epitaph, yeah. Not the most romantic epitaph, but something like that. Well, that's good. I mean, you come across incredibly energised and, and very happy with life. And is it fair to say that that's the truth? Yes, I think so. I, 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 I feel very lucky. Uh, uh, I'm very happy. I, I, I am always wanting to... I want this skincare brand to be the best skincare brand in the world. So that'll be my, my stress levels for the next year or so. And I want my next book to be the best book that have been written in the world. So... I would say almost happy, but somebody always wants everything to be the best. You're never totally happy, are you? But in a good way, perhaps. Well, I think it feels balanced and it's well delivered and you're making great strides with your life, but very interesting life. And, um, you know, obviously that you come across with some really good essence and, you know, very heartful. Um you know, as we as we run up to kind of conclude this, uh, this, this, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It's been truly authentic, and I think, as I say, my audience are you know professional business people um, that you know need to look good. If you don't mind me saying that, and I know they want to, um, but equally, I think we are in that this time now where people are reflecting on, you know, longevity, the big subject of you know looking better, feeling better, looking after your health, given what's been going on in the world. But equally, that nice balance of people reaching out to nature, moving out of the cities. And, you know, you've got a really good, um, you've endorsed that really well with your journey, particularly over the last 24 months. It's It's been quite eventful in that sense, you know, uh, the moving from uh, Mr. Porter to, uh, the, you know, this, this it's been a high-paced two years for you. And, um and, and is the skincare product actually, was that something you had in mind two years ago or is this just something that's just come about? I had, you know, weirdly I thought about it 20 years ago and it's so annoying I didn't do it 20 years ago. Um, and so every decade I think about it. Yeah, I did. Um, um, even had the name for it 20 years ago. Um, but I think uh, now's a time where, where having, for the first time, worked for myself as in writing a book. I, I quite enjoyed it. And so I really want to create a brand that's mine. Um, um, that I can mould very much in the way that I want to, which I was very blessed and lucky that I was able to at Mr. Porter because uh, Natalie Massonet, who founded the company, was an amazing uh, um, uh, entrepreneur, but also an amazing visionary. And, and her work ethos and the way she treated people was extraordinary. So I, I learned so much there um, about how, how to how to run, how to work with people as well as how to create a brand and how to have a dialogue with a consumer and that's what I'm looking forward to bringing into this this new business. Oh that's fantastic. Jeremy with that with that in mind it's been an absolute pleasure to meet and have this conversation. Um, the book is amazing 
uh, Vainglorious, I think. Yeah, and um, good luck with the skincare product. I'm dying to know about that, obviously, at the appropriate time. Um, but uh, it's been a tonic, a pleasure. And for our listeners and viewers today, uh, just to say, Jeremy's a great guy. Read the book. You'll learn so much about uh, looking after yourself from a number of perspectives. And, um, and yeah, what can I say? Just a big, big thank you. A true, soulful entrepreneur. Well, likewise, thank you.